Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you? I am amazing this morning. That's good. It's kind of dark outside, isn't it? It's very dark. The the cl- it's been raining since last night here. Feels in like Newcastle. we're doing it. It feels like we're doing it in winter already. We, we are. <laughs> we, we do this uh, during the night time in winter. Yeah, um, yeah. Bright uh, and early in the morning. That's it. We get to watch the sunrise. We do indeed. What are you thankful for this morning on this uh, damp morning? Uh, this morning, I am uh, thankful for the person that I steal Netflix from. I um. I uh, throughout the this isolation period, Netflix bo- watching a bunch of of programs on there. There's some great docos and there are. Uh, some very good programs that you can find available on Netflix. A whole bunch of ones to avoid as well. And yes, I I do love the documentaries though. Um, as I mentioned the other day, there was one about toilet paper and making <laughs> making <laughs> toilets and toilet paper. So that was great. Very, very timely. So yeah. Um, what are you thankful for this morning? I am thankful for that. Uh, I am settling on a house today. First time I've ever done that in my entire life. So well that's done. pretty exciting for us. Big news in the Southwell family. Um, yeah, who would have thought? You know, settling on a house, moving house in the middle of lockdown, quarantine. Not really sure how this is all going to go, but we will see what happens. And of course, it's dumping with rain outside, so the adventure never ceases. It will continue to be a bit like that for. But you know what? I think it'll be okay. You'll be you'll be taken care of. The Lord is good. He still reigns on his throne. He still reigns on this earth. He still reigns in my heart. And so that is going to be a good thing. This is a reminder. You're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Coming up in today's show, well, is there much to talk about other than the corona epidemic? Listening to uh, other news networks, it doesn't seem there is other much news out there, but uh, it does kind of make you wonder what else is happening in the world behind the scenes while everybody's focused on this one big issue. What are people doing? What are governments doing that we don't even get to see?
You're listening to Lee Nash with Saviour Like a Shepherd Lead Us here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to start off our first quiz of the day. And, of course, if you are wondering what do I do during the quarantine, then, hey... Listening to Faith FM Breakfast Show be probably a pretty good start right there. We have a cookbook to give away, so indeed, you're the not last going time to be, we know you're not going to be going to a restaurant for the next couple of months. That's this it. Is, this is the time to just bring the restaurant let home. Loose, let loose in the kitchen. That's it. The last time we had this particular prize, we almost broke our record here at Faith FM for the most quizzes done in one morning. And you know the rules. When we give a cookbook away, we're expecting an invite uh, after the quarantine. <laughs> so just invite us for, you know, this time next year, we'll make it. We'll not forget. All right. So our first quiz for this morning is a who am I? I slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah, king of Judah, and then put out Zedekiah's eyes. Okay. So that would be... sinister, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that is correct, Lyle. So, if you want to get your hands on nature's superfoods, nat- simply natural, super healthy, by the health food company Sanitarium, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text at 0491-064-669 and you will be receiving a copy of this book. Now, we were talking about... You can use this book to create your own restaurant at home. That is a pretty good segue for my very first story this morning, which comes from America. Now, lots of people have been forced into isolation and they can't go out. They can't go out to their favorite restaurants or cafes. And so they're having to come up with ideas. Now, there's this one family who decided to make their own cafe at home. They called it Cafe Neroma. So... Yeah, I thought that was, there was a nice thing to Yeah, they named their own cafe. They did. I, I, I like it. I don't know exactly how they came up with their name. If you've branded your own home restaurant during the quarantine, we want to hear about it. Give Absolutely. 1-800-324-843. What are you going to call your home uh, kitchen slash cafe? Yeah. In fact, if you've got food? anything you're doing at home that you'd like to share with us, or if you've got something you want to get off your chest, then feel free to give us a call. Or send Other us a than text. the virus. Other course. than the we, virus. We don't want the virus going off <laughs> your chest. We don't, we don't want <laughs> the virus. You can keep that to yourself. Um, but any positive things that's happening, um, or even if you're feeling a bit down and you want a, a bit of a bit of support, uh, feel free to to let us know and we can we can pray for you and we can uh, talk to you and have a chat and share some positivity with you and the rest of our listeners. Absolutely, uh, we can. Yeah, and... Um, some other positive news that happened yesterday, like yesterday afternoon. Australia's favourite daughter, Bindi Irwin, she married her partner Chandler Powell yesterday. Congratulations! Yeah, and I thought it was it, they had to Chan- they, they'd Chandler. been planning this wedding for almost a year now. You know, this big extravagant wedding that um, they were probably going to do it privately, but. Being a, a, a minor celebrity or even a major celebrity like such as Bindi Irwin. They're not short of a quid. No. You know, and they would have many people that they would want to invite. And so having to change it quite suddenly and reduce the guest list to very, very close family, it would have been quite, you know, quite intimidating, quite a big move for them. And, but what they had to do is that they, before the laws were passed at midnight of where you can, if you're getting married, you can only have five people in attendance, which includes the celebrant, the wedding 
the couple getting married and, the and two, witnesses. two witnesses. So that's it, it really restricts what they had to do. So they had a couple of very, very close friends and family that all live at Australia Zoo. And um, they Terry Irwin, Bindi's mum, helped her get ready beforehand. And then Robert Irwin, Bindi's younger brother, walked her down the aisle before she got to marry her best friend. And it was really, really sweet. And then following that, they mar- they uh, lit a candle in memory of the late great Steve Irwin. So that was that was really, really nice and really, really sweet. Yeah, and it's kind of sad, you know. There's probably going to be a lot of uh, you know my son's planning a wedding at the moment, and um, I was actually going like, to ask you about that. Yeah. How is that going? Well, he's kind of come up with three options, you know, plan option A, option B, option C. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a wait and see, you know, kind of a thing. He was planning for the end of August. Yep. And so let's see whether this wave passes over by then or not. Who knows? They may um, need to just elope. That's one of the options yeah. that has been put out there, you know, and it, it, um, it's just a different world in which we live today and we have to adapt to the world in which we live. So, yeah, different, different times, different days. Yeah, big things are happening. You know, the thought crossed my mind when we heard that uh, Prince Charles had the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, if we, we, we have the potential of, you know, because both the prince and the queen are elderly people, and yeah. if we lost both of them during the virus, we would have the first ever coronation of a king in private. Yeah. Um, that, would be, that would be a terrible tragedy. I'm sure it would be publicly viewed on, on live stream. It would probably, that would probably make it definitely one of the most live, stream, live streamed events ever. It would. If that's a record that you want to break. However, no, that's not a record we want to break. It, um, it would be much nicer to have lots of people in the but it just sort of shows how much our world has changed so rapidly yeah you know a week ago we wouldn't have even thought of that no and now suddenly it's like well that actually could be a reality that that could happen yeah that's not that's not in the realm of ridiculousness it's it's crazy times we're in um but amongst these crazy times while we're locked up at home there are a bunch of companies that have been making ideas or, or making things available for people to make life at home a little bit easier google for example they have been they are offering virtual tours of some of the world's most incredible national parks to provide uh, you know an escape for people during their social distancing these places some of these places include the grand canyon yellowstone national park yosemite national park alligators of the everglades uh, the salt basins, polished rocks, and marble walls of Death Valley. Uh, so, you know, these really big names that... Iconic, iconic locations. I forgot to turn you back on. There you go. <laughs> iconic locations. Iconic, sorry, iconic locations. Um, and some places that people may never get to have the opportunity, regardless of coronavirus or not, they may never have the opportunity to opportunity to go to these places um you know places such as yosemite for example you can see the iconic panorama the granite monoliths and my a couple of my favorite parts of yosemite uh, being from the outdoors i i lo- there's many many different rock climbing and abseiling places there which for an outdoor person is a gold mine uh but there's el capitan and the in, the famous half dome rock sculpture so you know, and as well as that, there's also the Joshua Tree National Park, which I I only know that you two did a band, I uh, did an album about that, so I don't know a lot about that. But there's other places where you can go for virtual tours, such as the Kennedy Space Center. You can also take a virtual tour of that as well. 
And finally, for my last story this morning, it's got nothing to do with coronavirus, which I love trying to find stories of, and that is Britain's loneliest dog has been adopted after 10 years at an animal shelter. Bess, uh, she was a border collie that was brought to the shelter as a puppy after being hit by a car. She had lots of trust issues, so she really struggled to kind of connect with the right new home, but they put out a, a, a call for help and found they had hundreds of people calling in to try and get this dog a home and they finally got this sweet little dog a home that she's gradually becoming more comfortable with and yeah another sweet story that has nothing to do with coronavirus always good to have uh, some sweet stories to brighten our day here on the breakfast show and to remind us that you know life is still good there are lots of things to be thankful for that's right we want to hear what you're thankful for during the uh, quarantine period uh, so give us a call anytime one eight hundred three two four eight four three or shoot us a text message on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Let us know what you are doing doing during this time of lockdown. This is Ellie Holcomb with the Red Sea Road. We buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us said our goodbyes. Grave, but everything reminds us. God knows we ache when He asks us to go on. How do we go on? We will sing to our souls.
Welcome back, guys. That was Ellie Holcomb with Red Sea Road. We are coming up to another clue for our quiz. Hey, I'll give you a clue before we can even get to this one. Yeah. This person has like 14 letters in their name. <laughs> they do indeed. Something like that anyway. And I know this person from VeggieTales. That's, uh, okay, so featured in VeggieTales? Yeah. The, the whole... The, this character was introduced in a story not about this person, but where this person featured heavily, and the name stuck. Usually... One of the most fascinating characters in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely um, someone I want to have a conversation with one day. It'd be very yeah. interesting. We can just pop out clues oh, left, yeah. right, and centre here. We are indeed. Okay, let's give an official clue. The official clue, clue number official two, clue. for the quiz this morning. I was the king who took the Jews into Jerusalem and Judah uh, into captivity. I was the king who took the Jews in Jews- Jerusalem and Judah into captivity. Okay, if you know who it is, you know what to do. Give us a call right now for your free cookbook, which will get you started on your home restaurant. We're all going to be going out for dinner, having candlelit dinners in our homes over the next couple of months. So 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Or text us on 0491-064-669. And let us know what you're going to cook and what you're going to call your restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be beneficial as well. Date night at home. Is about to get so much more intimate. Can actually be really epic. Yeah. And uh, date night at home, well, in it very literally can be more intimate than... Date night at a restaurant. So there are definite advantages to date night at home. Anyway, we'll move on with uh, our more serious stories uh, this morning. Okay, so we were talking a bit earlier, and I mentioned that, you know, whenever there is a, you know, a big event happening somewhere in the world, you always get this effect where you find these countries that just sneak stuff through while nobody's watching. Yeah. It's like, well, this is never going to hit the news, so let's just do it now. And, of course, uh, New Zealand has gone ahead with legalising the killing of babies, uh, even for the purpose of sex selection. So if you have a female child, because really this is only this is a, a, a war against women. Yeah. Um, and only ever happens in relationship to females because... We own. We have. We have kind of two kinds of cultures in our world. Yeah. We have those cultures that value any child that is born. Yeah. That's your your typical Western culture. Then you have some some cultures that come from a more medieval aspect. Still, um, you know, it, it's hung on from a tribal system where they value baby boys more than baby girls. Yeah. And so sex selection abortion has been something that has been taking place, you know, in countries like India for a long time, which has created a tremendous imbalance amongst the number of men versus the number of women, which is one of the main factors that is driving violence against women in that country. Yeah. You know, they just hung four guys for a 2012 gang rape, but really that's a drop in the ocean compared to... What is actually taking place in that country? You know, yeah, there's right. like there's like you know, it's a highly publicised political uh, kind of event that took place. But this is something that's happening on a daily basis, and you know, this war on women is is a terrible, terrible thing. Well, now you've got a female prime minister in New Zealand who has you know just legalised and lift, lifted the restrictions on abortion to the point that it's basically just open season on babies now. Right. Now, I just want to say this. I know whenever I speak about this subject, I use very, very strong language. And I know that there are a lot of 
people, particularly women, who've been through this experience in the past and is very, very sensitive. And this is in no way any reflection on the individual. No. This is about the legislation that has brought this about and it speaks of our attitude towards human life. And, you know, it, it's, it's come down to a point where we now value the lives of some animals more than we do human beings. Yeah. You know, there are horrific circumstances in our world, and I understand that, but you don't solve a horrific circumstance by producing another horrific circumstance, i.e. taking somebody's life just because they were born. Uh, there are op- other options that are out there, and this is one that is just, you know, it just, it horrifies me. It absolutely horrifies me where our world is going and our attitude towards, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. It's, it's the same, same, seems to be the kind of attitude there is out there to every child that is born, you know, in the image of God. Yeah. I used Bible- to be a bit on the fence about this, um, but then, as you're probably about to, just about to say, the Bible sort of teaches to, to value everybody's life. Well, the Bible says that you know a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment of conception. Yeah. Now, if a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment of conception. Regardless of how they're concepted. Yeah. And, and, and really, up until the point of birth, so like, you know, five seconds before a child is born, you can do anything you can to take its life. And if, if it does happen to be born alive, you've got to do everything to save its life. It really is the height of hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and this is one of these stories. It really did slip under the radar. You know, this is back on the 18th of March, and it slipped under my radar uh, because we are all so distracted talking about coronavirus. Anyway, coming back to our corona update, we do need to do uh, an update on that. The new epicenter for coronavirus is moving now towards the United States, which has the highest rates of infection anywhere in the world. Um, a couple of other quick quick run around is what's happening. Live streaming church services have been shut down in Western Australia. We expect that that will probably happen um, across Australia before the weekend. So for those of you who are people of faith and typically attend a worship service on the weekend, uh, you need to be aware of this. Um, Live streaming will move from churches to pastors' homes. And so we had small groups of, say, five or so people who would turn up at church, do the church service and live stream it. Now that's going to be taking place uh, from pastors' homes. So there's going to be a change that's coming in. We didn't see it coming last week. Last week we all got together and live streamed our services and thought, yeah, this will be the the new face of uh, church for the next couple of months. No, that changed in about four days. So if you don't think things will change fast, then wake up because they are changing incredibly fast. Also, we're now starting to get some research data, some really effective research data. There's nothing more effective than actually uh, field testing something um, on the most successful and the most unsuccessful countries in dealing with the virus and uh, the differences between them. So the most successful country so far in dealing with coronavirus has been South Korea. Uh, their efforts have been absolutely astounding. They have smashed this virus in a very short space of time. Massive effort by the South Koreans. Uh, second in line is Singapore. Third in line is China. And Japan is right up there as well. Interestingly, 
worst countries, Italy, Spain, and the United States, which, but with both Italy and Spain now overtaking China in their number of fatalities as a result of this virus. And so we're now able to understand some of the issues that have created this because different countries have a different strategy. And it seems there's a bit of a different strategy between the East and the West on this one, and the East is winning, so we need to learn from them. Uh, number one, the number one greatest, most significant thing that you can do is to act early. Act early and bring in quarantining you know, immediately. Uh, South Korea brought in extensive, like, I mean, off-the-charts testing. They had drive-through testing set up within a short space of time. And their strategy, and of course they've been the most successful, their strategy was to test as many people as possible. And so here in Australia, you've still got very, very, fairly strict criteria that you've got to meet uh, before you can be tested, whereas in South Korea, it's just like drive-through. And by the time the United States was testing 100 people a day, South Korea was testing 20,000 a day. Wow. So they've done really well. Um, along with that, of course, was contact tracing. Now, your surveillance states like China has actually made that incredibly uh, easy to do. Yeah. Um, physical distancing. And the other thing is a culture of compliance. So your eastern countries have much stronger cultural culture of compliance than your freedom-loving countries of, say, the United States yeah. or Australia, you know, places like that. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've got into a, a car with somebody in America and not wearing their seatbelt and you mention it, it's like, this is a free country. You can't yeah. tell me what to do. This is my freedom. And right Nobody's here, going to take away from me. Right here and in I'm Australia, thinking, on the weekend, everyone went down to the beach and congregated and had a... Congregating is the problem. The beach yeah. is not the problem. There's nothing yeah. dangerous about the beach. Congregating is the problem. Uh, here in Australia, $1,000 fines with no warrant required from our police for uh, anyone breaking quarantine rules. Okay, and at the moment, we our infection rate is doubling every three days, which is just a little bit behind other countries doubling every two days. Quarantine life, most popular hashtag in social media right now. This is The Corner Room. Behold, my servant shall prosper. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred. Beyond human semblance And it's formed beyond that of the children of mankind So shall he sprinkle many nations Kings shall shut their mouths because of him For that which has not been told them they see And that which they've not heard they understand For that which has not been told them they see And that which they've not heard they understand Behold, my servant shall prosper Shall be high and lifted 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we have a winner for our quiz already. Who knows? We do indeed. Congratulations to Pauline in Fairview Park in South Australia. The correct answer with Nebuchadnezzar, or as he's more commonly known to younger generations who watch VeggieTales, Nebuchadnezzar, Mr. Nezzar. There you go. Okay, so congratulations. And, of course, if we are able to, for the rest of the show... Let's think about this. If we can do one winner per clue for the rest of the show, we'll break a record. Indeed. So we'll jump on with the next one. Giving away cookbooks right now for your home restaurant. Okay. So um, joining us on the phone this morning is somebody who was actually in the studio here a couple of days ago, but how rapidly things change. No more in-studio interviews taking place, but uh, Dr. Sven Erstring, welcome to the show. Good to be back, uh, Lyle. Uh, glad you're safe and well, at least for the time being. At least for the time being, praise God. We are mm. thankful, to God for, thankful to God every day. And uh, Dr. Sven Erstring, one of the things that uh, people may not know about you because you always come onto the show to talk about apologetics and we appreciate the ideas and the concepts that you bring up, but your main area of expertise, apart from apologetics, is in church planting. Yes, which that's has right. suddenly become incredibly relevant. Yes, it has. It has because we've suddenly and, uh, all, we've kind of all suddenly become church planters, haven't we? Yes. Well, well, we've all been pushed out of our our churches, our places of worship, and and um, so our buildings are, are standing empty. And for a lot of us, we're thinking like, oh, what what do we do now? What you know. Um, and I guess, Lyle, that's one of the really important things to, to really ask and, and to ask a simple question, what is church? Um, you know, what comes to your mind when, when people say the word church? And most of the time, when a person says church uh, in Australia, they'll think of a building, uh, they'll think of a, a, a worship program, that may be on a, a Sabbath morning for, um, you know, Seventh-day Adventists and other Sabbath-keeping um, Christians, or obviously on a Sunday morning. Um, they might think of a, a congregation that kind of gets together and, and there's, a, there's a pastor who preaches to them from the, the pulpit down the front, or they might even think of a global kind of institution. So, you know, if, if, um, if a person listening this morning, if you're a Catholic, you might think, oh, you know, it's, it's all of the... You know the diocese and the um, uh, the cardinals, and of course you've got the the papal um, uh, the papacy right at, at the top, uh, the Vatican. But the very interesting thing is this: is when you go back to the Bible, um, the movement that Jesus started actually had none of those, which is really really fascinating. Uh, so so they didn't have buildings. Uh, they weren't weren't rich enough. Um, they 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 didn't have um, theologically paid pastors. I mean, they they were learning as they went with Jesus, and um, and they didn't have a global institution at that time. It was just a, a group of of about twelve of them. So I guess the the question was, you know, were they a church? And the reality is that they were. Yeah. So the word church and, comes from uh, the word ecclesia, I understand, which means a, a gathering of people together. Is that right? Yes, yes, it's it's actually a Greek word. It it comes the, in the Greek um, times. It came from a political um, uh, word that was a calling out, a, a group of people that were called out from the community, 
to talk about things. So, for example, they set up a uh, the the um, the coronavirus commission uh, last night, um, and so that would be an ecclesia. People called out. Whereas Jesus used this word, and he said, "This is this is my church," but he only used it three times in the Gospels, right? Uh, which is very very fascinating. So the the word that Jesus used all the time, or what he was focused on, was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. But when he does use the word church, he, he uses it in a passage in Matthew, and he says, um, I, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two or three are gathered together in my name, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. And so that is that is the key. That's the basic building block. And what that tells us is that we can be at home working, uh, worshiping as a little micro church, as a home church, and we can be truly church. Isn't that amazing, Lyle? Okay, so uh, unless the quarantine gets down to groups of one, mm. whenever we can have two or three uh, people yes. in the same place at the same time, we yes. can have church. We can be church. We we can, we can. I wonder whether there's um, a difference between having church and being church. I think it is. is. I'd like to think there is. Mm, there, there is, and that's the thing is that that you know we don't go to church, we don't do church, we are church. Um, we are Jesus' church right here in this in this world, and so it's not about the numbers, it's not about the paid pastors. So, so um, you know, just to just to be honest, Lyle, you and I may may lose our jobs, but Jesus Church will still be here. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, and this is what I want to share with you. Um, there's another really beautiful thing as well, Lyle. Is um, is this? Is that um, for all of us, Liam too? Um, one of the things we just really treasure is the Sabbath. But if you go to the Sabbath commandment, uh, it says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no, do not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner or foreigner who is within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So where is the church building in that um, commandment? Well, very clearly in the home. Within the gates, yes. within your gates is is behind your door. That's right. Where where is where is the theologically trained pastor in that commandment? Uh, that would be the priest of the family. That would be the uh, the leader of the home. That's right. So so literally in our heritage, in in our identity, Jesus is saying to us: gather the people in your home, in your circle of influence, bring them together so that they can enjoy the Sabbath blessing. Um, so your your kids, um, your servants, the people that you you employ, um, your your livestock, even your donkeys and your your cows were were to enjoy the Sabbath blessing, and even the foreigners, the the people who are, are trapped here in Australia, shall I say, because they can't fly home, um, they are to be welcomed into your home to to enjoy the Sabbath blessing. So right there, you actually have a picture. Of a house church, which is incredible. Yeah, I, I, I've so, never actually looked at the at the fourth commandment in that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, so, Dom, so what? Yep. 
So, so what is a microchurch? What is a house church? Well, um, I love this definition. It's a high-impact spiritual family. Um, so do you, do you, both of you want to, to have a high impact? Do you want to be part of a spiritual family? Oh, absolutely. I would love to be, yeah. Mm. Where every week so, we come together, we bond, and it's not about where we are, but it's about who we're with, and we can yes. connect spiritually with God. That's right. That's right. So a micro church, a house church, this is a simple church. This is exactly the, the church that you can be part of. And Jesus has promised when you gather together in his name, he is there amongst you. And, and the good news is Jesus won't, um, he's not afraid to join you. He hasn't got a social um, distancing policy, which is amazing. And, and uh, this is, this is the key thing. There, there's three things which are really important. Number one, if you're a, a micro church, if you're a house church, you need to be committed to sincere worship. And, and that's not just listening to a sermon. Uh, that can be simply getting together to read God's word and, and to reflect and think about it and to, to pray conversationally. Um, the second thing is genuine community. So, uh, so in your family, you know, you can sit down to, to a meal, you know, uh, the government is still allowing us as a family, uh, to, to eat together. And so uh, we can encourage each other. We can uh, encourage each other to be studying the word. And then the third thing is, and I love this, is if you want to be a real micro church, a real house church, you need to be going on the mission of God. Now, absolutely. The, where, how can you go on a mission for God? If you're locked down into your house, we're not quite there yet, but but um, we're not far um, off. It's where we're headed. We, yeah, we we can't we can't meet outdoors in in groups more than ten. Uh, we can't invite people over for a barbecue. So how can you be involved in the mission of God? And, and this is what I love. Well, the thing is, this is one of the the most urgent needs. I'd say is is that you go to your neighbours. Uh, stay, stay that safe different distance away so they feel safe. But say, hey, look, you know, we're about to go down into lockdown. I'd love to grab your mobile number just so we can stay in touch. So you get their name and your mobile number. Do that for, you know, the four or five houses around you. And um, you do it also for people you know from work, maybe three or four people. And from that point on, you start saying, okay, every week I'm going to call my neighbors up. How are you going? You know, have you have you run out of toilet paper yet? Do you need a spare roll? Um, you know, ha- have you have you lost your job? Can can we bring? You know, can we can we help you? Can we leave a box of of um, um, veggies or or you know things on, on your doorstep um, where where you can be involved in mission and you can tell them as well. Look, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, and that God really cares for you right at the moment. Um, you can also be involved on social media. Uh, so you can get online in, in your little, in your suburb, um, in, in your town. Uh, you, you can start to, to, to go online and say, Hey, we, you know, I just wanted to know how are you guys going? How, what's on your heart? You know, um, you know, how you're doing and, and let you know that I'm praying for you as well. So you can be involved in mission even while we're in lockdown. It's incredible. And um, you can be um, you know, sharing glow tracks. Um, you can be going online. You can be uh, inviting people to, to do the Beyond series together or 
the Secrets of Prophecy or the I Am series or Live More Pro- Project. You can be doing that. It's Even listening amazing. to our Encounter with God series right here on Faith FM. Yes, yes. And you can be um, inviting people to, to join the Faith FM Sabbath School uh, class every Sabbath morning at uh, 9.30. Uh, so it's really, really amazing. So, so I guess that that's the key. So, how how does it start? How do you start a microchurch? How do you start a home church? The first thing is you ask yourself: Am I being called to God by God uh, to make a difference in my community? Um, do I want to become spiritually healthy with Jesus? And and you know, then you start that journey together. You you start worshiping as your family, but remembering you're focusing on worship, listening to the Holy Spirit, praising God. Um, but um, working on community, um, but also what can we do as a mission in this um, in this community as well? But I just I just love this. It, it means that every person can be involved in in Jesus' mission. We can be we can be His agency. We can we can spread His message um, rapidly through the community by showing people that we care. I think this is one of the things we really need to be focusing on right now is the is the is the level of opportunity that a crisis like this presents to us and this is no disrespect for those people who are just suffering tremendously right now um, mm. and will be suffering you know enormously in the future we don't want to downplay the tragedy of what is happening in our world but at the same time as people of faith we need to recognize that right here we have an opportunity to reach out to the people around us. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting, um, there's there's two stories I'd like to share with you, Lyle. Um, number one is in um, in the, the, the 40s uh, AD, uh, the, the church faced a similar situation, uh, a big famine, um, people losing their jobs, money running out. And what happened is that the church rallied together and um, they were incredibly generous, and um, and because of that, the church did not collapse in the forties, forties AD, um, through the leadership of Paul and um, Peter and people like that. The church went from strength to strength. It became a, a real agent of of help and hope and generosity. And there's another story I want to share with you as well, Lyle and Liam. Um, is this in 1949? The Communist Party took over China, as you would know, and being the atheistic, materialistic, uh, um, you know, political party that they were, that they they had, that they were, um, they banished. They they sent all the Christian ministry um, ministries home, the missionaries, the leaders. Uh, they sent them back to England, to America, to Australia, <clears throat> and. Um, Literally, the China was shut to to foreign Christianity. It went into lockdown, spiritual lockdown. And as those missionaries headed home, one of the things where they thought, what on earth is going to happen to Christianity in China? Uh, they thought, you know, um, is is it going to die? And, and Christianity is just going to become one monolithic, atheist, secular community. It's interesting that in the 80s, um, when missionaries, when foreigners started to go back into China, what they found was not a spiritually dead nation. 
what they found is that the church had gone underground. It, it, it had gone into homes and literally just spread like wildfire. So as, as the government, the atheistic government had shut down Christianity, um, it's, it launched one of the biggest Christian or the biggest Christian movements of uh, the last century. And China continues to grow fast, even though there's persecution there. Um, house churches just exploded underneath this, uh, this lockdown. And so what I want to tell you, Liam, today is this, is that we may be shut down and we may truly be in agreement with it. We, we don't want our elderly um, to, to catch the coronavirus. Uh, we may be forced out of our places of worship, our buildings. Um, we, we may, uh, we may even, you know, some pastors in our country may lose, lose our jobs. Um, and, but in this time, we can still be generous like the first century Christians, but this can be our finest moment. Uh, this can be a time when, when, when Christianity becomes the, the agency, agency of hope and compassion and, um, and social connectedness. And I truly believe that, that God can do incredible things for us right at this time. Dr. Sven Erstring, your words of hope and encouragement this morning are electrifying. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us here on The Breakfast Show. That was no problem. Thanks. That was Dr. Sven Erstring talking about microchurches, an area of specialty for him. We're going to have more about this as we continue through the next couple of weeks to help you out as you establish your own microchurch. This is a JJ Heller with This Little Light of Mine. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Everywhere I go
team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be God's hands and feet in your communities, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Remember to call your friends and family and ask if there's anything they need, whether it's food, some toilet paper or just a chat. Little things like this make a big difference to loved ones who just want to know that you're safe and sound. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is. And it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. This wretched place 
what kept him on this road. His love for Adam's cursed race, for every broken soul. No sin too slight to overlook. No crime too great to carry. All mingled in this poison cup, and yet he drank it all. The Savior drank.